Hello, fellow Panther fans, and welcome to episode four of the Indoor Cats podcast. I'm your host, Rod Villagomez. You can find me on Twitter at RJ Villagomez. Find the show on Twitter at Indoor Cats Pod. Another week closer to the opening game of the season. I, I got to tell you, it's uh, three months away now, but it is so doggone fall. <laughs> And so close at the same time. I can't wait to get to the season. We have got a great, great show for you today. We're going to talk coaches in the beginning of the show, and then we are going to welcome on uh, one of the quarterbacks of the team. Brian Hicks joins us for a conversation on the Indoor Cats podcast. It is a great one, uh, and you're going to have some fun getting to know uh, this veteran quarterback. And we'll talk, we'll joke about that a little bit in the conversation. So, uh, all right, uh, let's get this show started. All right, so a couple of weeks ago, we took a look at some of the players that were going to be on the Oakland Panthers staff. But now, uh, let's take a look a little bit at the coaches. You can find all of the coaches' profiles uh, on the Oakland Panthers website. It is oakland-panthers.com slash staff if you're looking exactly for that page. And of course, uh, if you're going to go to oaklandpanthers.com, go to oakland-panthers.com. Uh, that is the actual website. And uh, I will say that uh, the now that the schedule is up on the website at the top, it's just so doggone exciting to see. Um, we know that, uh, you know, the, the game, the first game is on March 14th and it's up there. So um, that's kind of cool to see. But let's talk coaches, shall we? I mean, well, let's start from the top where we already talked to head coach Kurt Bryan. Uh, he, of course, spent some time with us. If you haven't had a chance to listen to that episode and this is your first episode, I highly encourage you to uh, after you're done with this episode go back and listen to coach brian talk and uh and let him tell us and tell you exactly what his vision is for the oakland panthers football club because i got to tell you it's exciting and he's excited and we're excited to to watch him coach um because he comes from a, a very uh, great and interesting background in fact he was the head coach of um Piedmont High School for a very long time and in that he developed the A11 offense and we'll let I mean I'm not going to try to explain it because believe me it's a very complicated offense with uh, a lot of intricate moving parts and, and he explains it better in his interview so uh, just understand from that that he is an innovative coach that comes from uh, as I slam into tables thinking about it he's an innovative coach that uh, that brings a lot to the table and and a lot to the indoor game so it's just it's going to be interesting to, to find out uh, what kind of philosophy he brings with him in all of his years of coaching. He's been coaching for 28 years uh, at the high school and collegiate level all around the Bay Area. So he is uh, not from outside of the area, folks. He is Bay Area through and through. And so, um, you know, this is a coach that that you're bringing into the hometown area that knows the knows the crowd knows the people in it so uh, you get a coach that can understand Oakland and then that's good I mean it, it's it's okay to bring in coaches sometimes that that have um, 
just experience, but nothing in the area. But when you have a coach with ex- his experience and knows the area, uh, I think you are in for a very, very winning attitude and, and a lot of fun uh, because he's going he's gonna to cater to you, the fans, and that's what he wants to do. He's already told us on his interview that he, you know, one of his, his big uh, thrusts is to try to get fans involved and try to get them uh, invested in the team. Uh, and so I think he's going to do that with his play calling. I think he's going to do that with um, just the simple fact of the outreach that he's going to do and, and the players are going to do and he's going to impress on his players to do. So uh, I think he's a total package, guys. I mean, like I said, he's, he's, he's a coach that has invented an entire style of offense that people were after. Uh, and that's the kind of stuff you need with a brand new franchise. You need somebody who's willing to come in and and kind of shake things up and to uh, play to the strengths of, of, of what you have with you. And I think uh, you definitely have that in in Coach Brian. Uh, he actually, again, was with Chico um, for a little while, as he said. Uh, but yeah, I mean, he took that Piedmont team and he turned them into a winning program. So uh, that is is in and of itself a huge, huge kudos and uh, it's a great resume stuffer <laughs> if we're talking Christmas time stuffing things. Um, but yeah, I mean, he definitely can can bring it. So we are lucky to have head coach Kurt Bryan. And like I said, if you want to listen to him, tell his story, uh, go back last episode and uh, and you'll hear it. So definitely when you want to catch. Uh, and now on the defensive end, our defensive coordinator is uh, Derek, and I'm going to butcher your name, Derek. I'm sorry. Uh, Chakari. Chak. Yep. Chakari. <laughs> Chakari. Uh, I'm sorry, Derek, if you're listening, please uh, g- give me the pronunciation of your last name because I, I, my name is Via Gomez. I've had it butchered nine ways to Sunday, so I know how you feel. Uh, but, but Coach Derek, he uh, he's had a lot of experience playing indoor professional football. Um, he actually played and had the first QB sack for the San Jose Sabercats. If you remember the Sabercats, right of the Arena Football League, um, so he was the first player to score a touchdown and participate uh, in the first QB sack. So he's got a very storied indoor football history. I mean, it's arena football, but you know the indoor game, the arena game. Uh, he knows that brand of football. And again, for defense, we talk a lot about how this is an offensive sort of geared uh, style of football. Maybe not the indoor football league so much, but uh, we know that, that that indoor arena type game is explosive offense. So you need a good defensive coordinator who as understands the game. And that's what Coach Derek does. He understands the game. He's played the game. So he knows that he is going to... Um, He's going to to bring that into uh, this this new team. Uh, he was also a linebacker for the BC Lions of the Canadian Football League, uh, and he was a standout member of uh, the University of Reno's football track and uh, track program, uh, football team and track program. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, he played a little CFL football too. Which uh, again, see, so you go from a, a, a ridiculously wide field to a ridiculously short field, um, and everything in between. But uh, I will say that, uh, you know, when you have a guy like Coach Derek bringing all of this uh, experience to the team definitely is good for uh, a new squad. And he has been a defensive coordinator. He was actually one with the New York Dragons in uh, 04 and 05. He was a defensive coordinator for the Rattlers in 05, which we know the Rattlers are a very great team and they've been a great team for a long time. So uh, again, you bring a guy who's been a defensive coordinator of a, of a team that was recently undefeated. Um, I know it wasn't in 05, but still, I mean, these guys have been great 
for a very, very long time. Uh, and then he was defensive coach of the Sabercats in 06. Um, so lots and lots of great stuff on his resume. So Coach Derek is, is, uh, is a great get for us. Uh, running backs coach Terry Smith. Uh, he has a 25-year coaching span. How crazy is that? That's awesome. Uh, that's a great. That's a great find for for this uh, organization. Again, you bring everybody in with so much experience um, that that you you just can't you can't lose uh, just by having that much on the field. I mean, you're going to lose games, but um, I think when you're trying to build a new franchise, you got to bring in some experienced folks uh, and, and folks that have played the position. Right, I mean, Coach Derek played the positions, um, and and now Coach Terry Smith, running back coach, he played the position. He was at Cal State Howard from '89 to '91, um, and then he worked as a San Jose High School head coach, and then went to all over the place, uh, Mount Pleasant. He went to uh, Tenyon High School in Hayward, or, or Tenyon and Howard. Uh, Tenyon, why is it that I can't pronounce anything today? Uh, Tenyon's in high school in Hayward. Uh, so yeah, I mean, again, these these are all great coaches with great experience in coaching. But the expertise does not just stop with the coaching. And of course, he's a coach too, but uh, he is the strength and conditioning specialist. That is Stephen Millard. 35 years of sports performance training is what the website says. And uh, he has been with the San Jose Sharks uh, from 93 to 98. So uh, again, another Bay Area guy that brings his abilities, brings his specialties or specialties to the team uh, and, and is, is a huge help. And strength and conditioning, any player will tell you that 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 is one of the more important uh, coaches slash uh, uh, persons that are involved is is they're the the guys that get these guys in shape to play. Um, So, yeah, you got to have a good strength and conditioning guy. And somebody who's strengthened and conditioned hockey players, I think, uh, makes a fine addition. Uh, Because, again, well, first of all, they play in hockey arenas most of the time. Uh, But secondly, uh, just the fact that uh, it's almost the same type of uh, constant motion Right, that hockey players have back and forth and back and forth, and, and arena football players and indoor football players, same type of thing where they're going back and forth quite a bit. Uh, now, granted, there's a lot more rest in in, in indoor football. Eh, maybe they'll argue, but uh, hockey is a lot a lot more uh, back and forth than than indoor game. But anyways, still, you get them all conditioned the same way, really, and and that's a again a great. Uh, find for the organization the offensive line and long snappers coach john schaefer he actually has 25 years of high uh, high school collegian football uh, coaching experience and he was actually a long snapper for the san francisco 49ers uh, during their super bowl 29 championship Uh, so that's pretty impressive too it's uh I mean, I'm a Niner fan, so I'm already a Coach Schaefer fan, and uh, I can't wait to see what he does with the offensive line because, it's first of all, it's not a huge offensive line like you're used to in the NFL. I mean, the offensive line is about three people deep. So, uh, But they all have to be superb athletes because there's not a lot of time for these routes to uh, develop, and so the line has to protect, and it has to protect well. Um, so that's definitely something that uh, Coach Schaefer is going to bring to this um, and, and hopefully get uh, one of the whichever quarterback, maybe it's Brian Hicks, maybe it's one of the others, but um, some time to actually uh, um, throw the ball and get those routes. And we'll talk to uh, Brian Hicks about what the offensive line needs to do as well. So uh, he coached for Manteca High School, which is 
right around the corner, right from uh, Stockton where I'm at. And he actually was the assistant offensive coordinator at Delta College, which is right in my own backyard. So uh, Coach Schaefer, not only a Niners, a 49er, but uh, right there in my backyard in Stockton. So uh, like I said, I'm already a huge Coach Schaefer fan. Uh, Mario Thornton is the wide receiver coach. Uh, he was raised in LA and uh, went to San Jose State. For, he was a wide receiver. So again, another um, one of the the coaches that has been a player before. Uh, so he knows the position. Uh, and then we move on to the special teams coordinator. That's Pete Johansson. Uh, he brings with him about 20 years of football experience, coaching experience. Um, he played wide receiver and defensive back for UC Santa Barbara. Um, so again, another California guy. So no, these guys aren't straying too far away from home, <laughs> which was awesome. And uh, fun fact, uh, Coach Johansson actually coached at Piedmont High School from 93 to 96 uh, with Coach Brian. So somebody that Coach is familiar with. Uh, and then Anthony Freeman is the defensive back coach. Um, he was an Albany resident, but we won't hold that against him. Uh, but now he's, again, the defensive coach for the Panthers. Um, he was a uh, running back, middle linebacker, defensive back, and a kick returner uh, in high school. So he's a jack of all trades, uh, but he's definitely bringing his coaching experience here to the Oakland Panthers. Uh, and then Kerry Soppet is a quarterback coach. Um, he went to Amador Valley in 76 and 79 in Ohlone College, another California guy. Uh, walked on in Hawaii and Oregon, uh, and then he went to Vanderbilt. Uh, unfortunately, he was injured and couldn't uh, play quarterback anymore, uh, but he started coaching thereafter, and now he is coaching the Oakland Panthers quarterbacks. He'll be coaching one of the guys that we're talking to later in the show. Uh, defensive line coach, happy birthday, coach Kevin Tracy Sr. Uh, he's got over a decade of coaching linemen, and uh, he's been at Antioch and Arroyo. So uh, he's ready to get this uh, def or this defensive line after the quarterback. It's, it's only three guys. Like I said, it's the same thing, offensive line, defensive line. It's only three of them, but they all have to be very great athletes and um so, yeah, Coach Tracy is going to develop our defensive line into a ferocious quarterback sacking monster, <laughs> I hope. Uh, tight ends coach is Jan Hanley. Um, he's got 19 years of experience, uh, and he's worked with some former NFL players. Uh, another California guy, uh, he worked on some staffs in Livermore, um, and it looks like uh, Antioch or Dublin as well. So, um, again, another California guy. Great. Great to have him. Mark Miller is the coaching specialist in hand-to-hand -hand technique. Now, this is something that I found interesting when I was going through. Uh, this guy, he's a hand-to-hand -hand technique specialist. He's not necessarily a uh, um, you know a football coach, as it were. He studied martial arts, uh, and he's been and he did it since 1975. He's got a second-degree black belt in Aikido uh, and a blue belt in Gracie Jiu-Jitsu. Which man. Uh, they, it brought me back immediately to a quote that I remember from The Replacements when, uh, I, I don't know if you guys remember that movie, but The Replacements with Keanu Reeves, uh, where the, the they were trying to put a team together and all of a sudden out comes this gigantic sumo wrestler and, uh, and then, you know, the coach was like, what am I going to do with this guy? And they says, well, blocking's all about, you know, pushing players off of the, the feet, right? Well, who better than a sumo wrestler? Who better to teach that technique than a hand-to-hand -hand specialist? <laughs> so uh, Mark Miller going to bring his uh, his 
martial arts skills into the line play. And look, again, it's the same thing too when you're when you're trying to break off the ball. So receivers need it too. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, Mark Miller created the samurai football system. Uh, so it gets hand techniques and, and all that stuff. Uh, and then um, actually it's another one of Kurt Bryan's, head coach Kurt Bryan's finds because he was with P- at Piedmont with him as well. So uh, another person that uh, is close to um, the coach. So yeah, and then we have the director of player personnel, uh, Peter Schneider. Uh, you can read his bio. Uh, and then there's all the other support staff on there. I won't go through all of them. I'll let you uh, have fun reading through the rest of them. But those were the coaches. Those were some of the coaches that we've got going uh, for us and, and will take this team, this this new, brand-new franchise and, and form the identity for it. So uh, I'm pretty excited, like I said. I mean, a lot of these guys are already active on social media. They're already uh, letting us know exactly how excited they are about the new signings, about the team itself. And uh, I, I would suggest you go find a bunch of these coaches. Uh, like I said, I, I, I know at least Coach Tracy's on there. Coach Schaefer's on there. Um, you know, I've seen a couple more. But, uh, yeah, definitely look these guys up and, and give them a follow. Uh, just like every other player and, and, and every other um, team in this league, they're all approachable. And it's great because you're able to talk to them one-on-one and, and tell them how excited you are or when the games get going, how great their team is playing uh, and, and how good things are for them. So, uh, yeah, give them all a follow. That's the coaching staff. That is uh, what we're looking forward to. And what we're really looking forward to is talking to our next guest. We have Brian Hicks on the line. Get ready for it. It's coming up now. <laughs> On the line now is uh, one of the first quarterbacks signed to the Oakland Panthers. He is Brian Hicks, and we are excited to watch him play a vet of the Indoor Football League. So, Brian, thanks for joining the show. Of course. Thank you for having me on. Absolutely. All right, listen. Okay, I'm blindsiding you with this, and this is okay, because I, I, I was on your Twitter, okay, and I saw, and now to preface this, you are from Texas, correct? Yeah, Houston, Texas. Houston, yes, Texas. All right, so here's the thing. You said on your Twitter that Whataburger and that you are going to spend the next four months telling us Californians why Whataburger is better than In-N-Out. So, yes, it's easy. <laughs> it's an easy answer. Okay, go for it. Make your case. Why is Whataburger better? Yes. Okay, first you got better options. Uh, In-N-Out, you only got burgers. You got burgers, fries, shakes. That's really it. Uh, the fries at In-N-Out are really bad. I'll say the burgers are really good. I appreciate the burgers, but the fries are just so bad. Whataburger's burgers are just as good, if not better. They have all kinds of burgers, chicken sandwiches. They have really good breakfast, and it's open 24-7. Uh, it's where everybody goes. Texas high school football is, you know, a huge thing. That's where everybody goes after every single Friday night game. So it's just kind of a it's a legendary place in, in Texas. Now, as somebody who spent time in El Paso, Texas, I was stationed there, and I lived a block and a half from a Whataburger. I will tell you that up until uh, I came back home to have In-N-Out again, Whataburger was the joint. So I will give you points. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because Whataburger, you just cannot. I mean, that, no. yeah, you can't beat it. You got you got options. You got the patty melt. You got the original. You got the honey barbecue chicken strip sandwich. It's just it's limited. And we have In and Out down the street too. I appreciate In and Out, but it's just it's not the same, not the same ballpark. 
I love it. No, I, and for in and out I, so I had in and out as a kid. I marched the Rose Parade and, and they fed us in and out And that was like my favorite burger and it still is to this day, but there was no in and out past, you know, when I was when I was growing up, there's no in and out past California. So you couldn't get anything anywhere. So that Whataburger, I appreciated it because it was the second best burger I had to in and out and I'll stand by that still. There you go. There you go. I appreciate it. <laughs> Uh, yeah. All right. So listen, you are now an Oakland Panther, as we just said, and in fact that you will join us in California. How exciting is it to, uh, to join another indoor football league team? Um, it's, it's extremely exciting. You know, I think I hit it right around the right time. Uh, it's really growing right now. When I played, I played in the league in 20, I believe 2018, two years ago, and we had six teams at the time. So I think we have 13 now, so it's pretty much doubled, if not a little bit more. Um, so it looks like it's really expanding in the right direction and to be, you know, on the West Coast somewhere I've always, you know, uh, dreamed about visiting and it'll be really cool to uh, play football there and represent the, the California. And a brand new team too. I mean, that's got to be pretty exciting. Yeah, for sure. I'm, it was cool because in college I started a new team. My uh, football program went to Southwestern University. My freshman year there was the first year we brought football back. So I kind of have experience with the expansion process and, you know, building from the ground up, uh, setting your own culture. It's a really cool and unique experience to be able to kind of build something up as your own. So talk about your college experience. Uh, you are a record holder, as many are, but, I mean, you've got some records over there. H- how was college for you out there in Texas? Uh, it was awesome. You know, um, played high school football at a huge 6A program, highest level, um, had some injuries, had some some tough competition. Um Ended up going Division Three to Southwestern, like you said. Uh, got to build the program up from the beginning. It was a really cool experience. Our first year we went 0-10 had all freshmen and uh, by the time I was a senior I won a conference championship and we got to pretty much see that thing through and, and go from 0 and 10 my freshman year and four years later we're champions and I uh, got to start all four years play a lot of football and it was it was a lot of fun that I mean playing a lot of football that's very very important when you get to the pros so h- how did that feel when you got the the first call to the I because you're one of the few that are coming to the Panthers with indoor football league experience already under your belt so um what was it like to actually get the call that you were going to play in the indoor football league I was really exciting you know coming out of college you know you're not really sure especially coming from a small school like I came from you're not really sure if uh, football is in your future um, it was a perfect opportunity for me. I really felt like uh, I was hitting my stride later in my career in college. It really started slowing down for me. And I knew I was playing my best football, and I just didn't really want to stop. you know. So I, I was able to find this opportunity and uh, got to uh, go start some games in Green Bay and uh, really enjoyed it and loved the game, fell in love with the game, and really feel like I fit a niche and just kind of fit how the game goes as a quarterback. I feel like I have the right skill set and attributes. To be so, successful. so you spent some time on other teams too, didn't you? Uh, on the indoor football league. Yeah, I've been I've been everywhere. So I started out in Quad City. Uh, I was there for a couple of games to start my career at Quad City Steamrollers. I was in camp last year with Tucson, Tucson Sugar Skulls. I spent camp there, and then ended up playing in a different league, National Arena League, uh, for that for last season. But yeah, I've been pretty much everywhere you could you could think of. So let's talk about the indoor game because uh, it's a lot different, obviously, than you know the bit the big field. Um, what skills did you think you brought with you that translated into the indoor game that that made you um, marketable to to these teams? Uh, two things I think that, or a couple things that really you know helped me in the game, and things you have to have to be successful, I believe, as a quarterback in the arena. Uh, you got to be able to anticipate your throws really well. You got to kind of see those windows and see those throws before they're actually there because the space is so small 
and you know you don't have that much time so things happen so quick and if you miss that window you're not really getting that window back you just where it's gone um and then as well as my touch you know putting be able to put balls over linebackers in front of safeties uh like you said there's not many windows there's not much space you got to kind of figure out how to get balls around and over people uh to your receivers and that's the thing about watching the indoor game. I mean, when you when you watch the plays happen, and obviously with the waggle being able to to hit the line of scrimmage at full speed, um, that that gives a little separation and possibility for the receiver. But you really do have less time to think about a route developing than you would if you were out on the hundred yard field. And so quarterbacks, I don't know, and everybody you know gauges football players by the NFL standards, but this is a completely different game, and your skill set has to be honed to a point where you can make those split second decisions and it's incredible to watch and uh, I, I watched your tape and you know some of those throws you were making you really were just throwing to a spot and letting the receiver get to them yeah for sure it's, it's literally like that I've always said if you took some of the best quarterbacks in the NFL put them in the arena game it would take them two or three three four weeks to kind of figure it out and adjust it took me six or seven weeks to really get the feel for it, the timing of it and just how quick things have to happen and how quick, you know, you go from your reads, one, two, three, in your mind. It's completely different from, from outdoor football. Uh, probably more fun, too, yeah? Oh, my God, it's so much fun. You never have to worry about weather. It's never cold. It's never raining. Uh, the grass is, is never a problem. It's just straight turf. Fans are right there. For me, it's fun because receivers, you know, like you said, get a 10-yard run and start, and are flying at the line of scrimmage. Uh, it's basically like a, like, a, like a little video game, a little football video game. And I've also heard people kind of describe it as like a football, basketball game, which are my two favorite sports. So it's kind of fun. <laughs> nice. But here's the thing about it. And so I, I talked a little bit about it with with coach, uh, with the coach. But when you talk about defenses, everybody says, well, arena is so high scoring, there's no defenses. But I'm telling you, that's not true, right? No, not at all. Especially in the indoor game. The indoor game is a little different than the arena game. Uh, I played the arena game last year. That was my first time playing arena style. Um, and it's more definitely geared more toward the offense. Uh, defense is really put at a disadvantage. Uh, in the indoor game, the stakes are a little more even. You know, the defense has more freedom. They're allowed to run a lot of different stuff, where in the other one, they're kind of handicapped. So you see, yeah, you see a lot of teams. Arizona is known to have, you know, a really stout defense and a run game. It's more, it's more like an outdoor football. Offenses are more balanced, and you're definitely going to see a couple, you know, defensive battles, which you definitely won't see in the arena style. And you'll also see a running game. I was surprised to see that because I, I watched a lot of arena football uh, the last, well, last season for sure. But, um, you know, that running game, the, those those running backs aren't running backs. They're doggone linebackers with running back numbers on them. Yeah. So uh, that's not true in this game, huh? Yeah, no, exactly. In arena, like I said, it's pretty much all passing. So that, that red fullback is basically just your fourth lineman. You're just dropping back and throwing pretty much every single play based on what the defense is set up and the rules. Uh, indoor, like I, like you said, uh, tons of running, a uh, ton of running quarterbacks. Too. Like If you look at the stats from the last couple of years, uh, quarterbacks probably litter the top 5, 10 in rushing yards and touchdowns. So, you know, it's a really, yeah, like you said, it's 50-50 for a lot of teams, and a lot of teams definitely rely on that run. So what are you looking forward to most coming out here to California? Uh, football. You know, it's always football. Um, I wouldn't be going anywhere just, just for fun, you know. Um, it's hard leaving your family, leaving your friends, leaving your job. So I definitely take the football part seriously. Everything else is just kind of icing on the cake, but I'm there to play football. I'm excited to, you know, be a part of a team, be a part of a new team, uh, especially in a legendary city like Oakland. And I'm uh, excited to get to work, get this thing off the ground. Well, the folks in Oakland are used to having uh, multi-million dollar contract folks to, to watch run <laughs> around. And, and, and again, in an NFL city, I think folks don't, 
pay attention to the fact that there's other football outside of uh, that venue. And so when you bring a team like the Panthers in, um, there's a lot that they've got to get used to. And I think, um, talk about the the cities that you've been in this arena and indoor football uh, um, venues, because you do get to know your fans a lot more in this league than you would in a bigger league like the NFL, right? Yeah, for sure. That's one thing I think that's an advantage in this league. It's really a lot more personable. Um, even the games, like you're right there on the field, you can see the players interacting with the coach. Uh, when I'm getting the plays, I'm inches away from fans on the sidelines, and I'm talking to players, fans on the bench, talking to fans throughout the game. After the uh, game, fans come on the field, talk to us. It's it's really interactive, and it, like you said, like the season ticket holders and the, the constant fans, you really start to know by name. And uh, toward the end of the year, places I've been, I've, I've made friends and still have friends on Facebook that I interact with that are just fans of, you know, Green Bay or a fan of Orlando that I became friends with just because they were fans. You know, we saw each other at every game. We see each other at meet and greet, stuff like that. So, yeah, it really is a personal, a personal game. Fans will get to know players on a personal level, uh, which is really unique because we are professional athletes, and that's not something you know, a fan gets to do all the time. And uh, you really get to build relationships with players, know where they come from, and just know kind of like what what kind of people they are, you know? And it's not something really you get in the NFL. And I think, to me, that's a more rewarding experience than watching the Raiders play because, I mean, a, a, a typical fan in the stands won't get to go up to Derek Carr and ask him how his day was. You know, it just it doesn't happen that way. But in a game like yours, um, which lends itself more to being able to to go up and, and say, hey, how's it going? Or, or, you know, good game. And for to have you instantly respond back, um, I don't know. I, I think it's lost in this society, and, and I love this is why I love leagues like the indoor football league and arena and, you know, the smaller leagues, because you know what? Yes, there might not be the glitz and the glamor and the money behind it, but what's what you get more of is the personal interactions. And I think that goes a lot, a long way to making it more, I think, enjoyable for the fans. Yeah, for sure. Like uh, I, I still have friends, like I said, in green Bay, we play, I know the schedule we play in green Bay. So when I go up there, you know, I'll see a ton of fans. I know a ton of people I know, and it'll basically kind of like be be like going home. And I've only I was only there for four or five months. But I've made friends, you know, with season ticket holders, with the, you know sponsors, big time fans, coaches, pretty much everybody there. It's a really personable you know environment, and you just kind of get to know everybody around you. And it's kind of like you know like a family thing. Like you know, fan, fans feel like they're a part of a team, but you know, in an arena, it's such a small world and a small community that you, they really are part of the team. So in that vein, what should Oakland, what should the Oakland fans uh, know about this league? What, how, what can you tell them about the Indoor Football League? Because everybody's pretty much brand new to this and uh, and we're all learning together. So what should we know about the Indoor Football League as fans? Uh, first and foremost, you know, the games are, are unmatched. You know, there's not many experiences like an, an arena football game. Uh, you get football in a, in a basketball environment. You're right on top of the game. You hear everything. It's basically like a party on a football field with a football game going on. So that, first and foremost, that's a lot of fun. Um, the league's been around for 10 to 12 years, I want to say. It's been around for a little while. Um, it's steadily been growing kind of up and down, but it's basically kind of got a footprint now. Um, talent-wise, it's, it's, it's top talent. Um, most of the league is Division One players. A lot of guys have played you know, in the NFL, uh, CFL, AAF, big leagues like that, the top of the, top of the food chain. So it's littered with, you know, guys who have been there and guys who have played at that level. And uh, it's really high-level football, you know. It's, it's professional football, and it's exciting. And it's a different brand of football than you get in the fall and just continues on in the spring. 
I think that's important to note too. I mean, this is not the the people that try to compare it to the NFL. You're never going to compare it to the NFL. It's not that game. You need to enjoy these these leagues, especially you know yours, the the AFL, which is now folded, the AAF, those type of leagues. You need to understand them and, and appreciate them for what they are because they're never going to be the NFL. And and we don't. I don't think we want them to be that way. No, no, exactly. Like, like you've mentioned, the personal level. There's so many different things like the indoor league brings. Uh, to uh, to fans and just two cities, you know, it's a very community based uh, league, and most teams are that way as well. Um, weekly, we'll be in the community two to three times a week, whether we're going to schools, uh, children's hospitals, you know, fundraisers, stuff like that. We're always out in the community, and it's really just a community building um, event. Usually, it's with how teams are, and just kind of bringing a group of fans in a city together. So it's probably an obvious question to ask a Texas boy, but uh, how'd football get started for you? <laughs> Uh, like you said, you know, you're in Texas, so <laughs> football is, is everything. I was a little bit different though. My family was a baseball family. Uh, my granddad played professional baseball for, for 10 years. Uh, my mom and dad both played baseball. None of my family members played football really. Um, for me, I would say my dad went to Texas A&M. He was a big uh, A&M football fan growing up. He used to take me to Kyle Field when I was a kid. And just being in that atmosphere and just hearing just the roar of the crowd and just that, that atmosphere, just I fell in love. And uh, since then, you know, I've kind of just – it's just grown throughout the years. Um, now it's pretty much all I do right now. I coach high school football in the fall. I play pro football in the spring, and I train quarterbacks year-round. So it's basically – football is basically my life. And so basically I don't really do anything but football. So <laughs> I'm probably the extreme when it comes to, to loving football and knowing football. And that's good, though. I mean, the thing about it is – and I <laughs> I actually – I just gave a, a, a career day talk to a bunch of high schoolers and, and, and elementary schoolers, and I told them basically the same thing. I was like, if you do what you love, like if you find something you're passionate about it, make a, find a way to do only that because, you know, it's more rewarding to do the thing you love. And, and, and you touched on a very good point as far as, um, you know, indoor football league – you have to have something to do in the off season because you're not, you're not that paycheck's not there. So you have to find another way to do it. And, and good on you to, to be able to make that uh, coaching football because uh, that's got to be rewarding in its own right. Yeah, it's a, it's a really cool situation for me right now. I kind of got a situation where a lot of guys have to put their work career and their future on hold to be able to pursue athletics or pursue just their dream in general. But I'm kind of in a situation where I'm pursuing both at the same time. You know, I'm advancing my coaching career, advancing my, my uh, career after football while still playing football and pursuing, you know, that pro football career and chasing championships and all that. So I'm kind of – I'm able to do both at the same time and not really put one on hold for the other, which is which is definitely nice. That's that's living the dream right there. <laughs> I got to yeah, tell you, yeah, you know, yeah. you get to play. Yeah, you get to play, you get to coach, you get to live and breathe football year round. And, you know, you just know that, uh, that it's rewarding to play in, in these leagues and it's rewarding to coach at high school, which I'm sure. How's that going for you? Uh, it was awesome. You know, I had probably the best. I'll, I'll probably say this. This is the best. I had the best high school football, just the best football season I might ever have in my whole life. So I coached at a private school. Uh, last season we went 0-5 and had to cancel our season early because we didn't have enough players. We're a really small private school, and uh, we had some injuries. Got down to like 18 kids and just had to cancel the rest of our season. Um, in the off season, they were thinking about taking football away. Uh, our head coach and athletic directors and the kids fought really hard to bring football to keep football there. Uh, we got the number of kids up to about 23, 24 kids, and ended up going 8-0. And, 0, and uh, we lost in a state championship game, but we were the state runner-up in our division. 
and went from 0 and 5 and possibly never having football to 8 and 0. So it was just a really cool season. I'll probably never never forget. Who's who's knocking on your door for the screenplay? Somebody somebody's got to be wanting that. <laughs> no, I know. Really, every game we said that we're like, this is not happening. Like, there's no way we're gonna win this next game, and then we go out and just kill somebody. And just happened week after week. We're like, this is the week where you know, nope, we win that one. Win the next one. Win the next one. It was it was unreal. Uh, that's awesome. So, okay. So we're gearing up toward the, the beginning of, of when camp is going to start and all that stuff. Um, as you come in, there's going to be some, some new quarterbacks that have never played in this system, never played in this game. Um, what kind of mentorship can now here you get to put another, you know, the hat on of, of the guy who's been in the league before, uh, what sort of approach are you going to take to some of these guys that have never seen the indoor game at all? Yeah, I'm definitely I'm definitely there to help them. You know, I'm a teammate first. Um, obviously, we're going to be competing, and that's going to be at every position, but that's the name of the game. And uh, if you're not okay with that, you're not going to survive in, in pro football or pro sports or anything like that. Uh, you really have to be okay with just putting your job online every single day and just being okay with that it might not come out of your way. Um, but I'm definitely there to help. I've had people help me along the way when I was younger. Uh, it's funny because people call me a vet now, and I'm only I've only played two years. <laughs> I'm only 25, but everybody like calls me a vet. And I'm like I'm not even old, but um, definitely would definitely am going to be there to help them and give them whatever advice you know was given to me and things I've learned throughout the years. Because this game does it does take a little bit to to get a grasp of. Well, and especially at the quarterback position, because again, you know, if you're if you're used to chucking the ball, you know, 40, 50 yards down that you don't have that much space, like you only have the 50 yards from the end of your goal to the other goal. And, and you can't, you know, get those huge fly routes going. Those fly routes happen a lot quicker in this league. Yeah, definitely. And just the throws are different. The post route, you're going to throw to a different spot than you would on an outdoor field. Uh, the ball's going to come out a little earlier. And yeah, it's definitely just every throw is pretty much a different. It's just a different world than outdoor. You don't really, you can't really think about it the same way. Uh, you got to approach it differently and, under, and just kind of be open-minded to what just learning where certain balls go and how to throw certain balls and just how things work. So, what do you think the effect of uh, like the the AFL, the Arena Football League, and the AAF those 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 leagues folding? Do you think there'll be an influx of players looking for work, or is this uh, is it two completely different things, or how is that going to affect um, the indoor football league tryouts this year? Uh, the AFL could definitely have some spillover. Uh, I was I was holding out. The one reason I wasn't signed yet is because I was thinking about going to the. I was looking at going to the AFL and staying in the arena side to get to the AFL. And so once that fell apart, it kind of made my decision for me to come back to the AFL and ultimately come to Oakland. So I mean, it brought me back over, and I know a lot of guys are definitely thinking about it. Uh, the pay scale is a little different. The AFL pays a lot more than than the AFL does. So some, especially some higher level AFL guys, veterans, uh, would make a lot more than they than they could here. So that might be tough for them. Uh, but definitely some guys will definitely come over and, and want to still play football. And the IFL is top of the food chain right now when it comes to, you know, arena and indoor football. So guys are definitely looking looking here and seeing this league grow and, and wanting to be a part of it. Were you surprised to see that the Arena Football League folded? I was, yeah, I was shocked. I was shocked. Because everything, everything coming out of the you know, I know they've had a lot of problems, but everything that had been coming out news-wise, everything I had heard from people I know in and around the game was positive. You know, that it was growing. They had a great year. And then, you know, randomly on like a Wednesday or something, they said we're folding. Uh, I think they got hit with like a, a random lawsuit from back in the day in the past or something. So I think I think it was kind of random uh, for them too. But yeah, it definitely, it definitely was a shock because everything coming out of there and their their season was great. You know, and they, they were talking about adding two to three teams every single year. So that was that was definitely where my eyes were and where I was looking at going. And so when that 
when when that kind of you know shut it shut down, uh, you know, I had to kind of readjust my thinking and what I was looking at. Yeah, I mean, and they just added Atlantic City and Columbus. I mean, that was that was the two expansion teams that got uh, picked up this season. And yeah, I mean, everything, all signs pointed to it being a uh, going stable. And you're right that that uh, lawsuit out of nowhere pretty much blindsided them, and they couldn't recover from it. And it was from the old management too. That that really sucks. Yeah, it's sad. And a lot of people, the main the thing that's lost in is a lot of people just lost jobs randomly. People don't really look at it. People don't realize, you know. People love watching pro sports, and it's fun to watch. People don't realize that's that's their career. Like, imagine if you were at work one day and somebody just came in and said, "Oh, you're fired, or you're cut, or somebody else," you know, or "Hey, this business, this business is shutting down." So a lot of people, you know, coaches, players, equipment managers, even like cheerleaders, everybody, salespeople lost jobs. You know, so that's a sad thing. That's a sad day uh, for everybody. And just the history of it. That game's been around since since however long it's been. I think what thirty something. Thirty, years. yeah. I remember growing up watching it on TV, playing the video games. You know, it's it's sad that uh, it ultimately came to this. But you get to play against, uh, or you did, and now you still do get to play against destroyed franchises too, and the Rattlers and the Barnstormers. Um, that's got to be cool to to play against those two uh, really, really old franchises. Yeah, it was my first start in Green Bay. My very first start in arena football was, or in the IFL, was at Arizona. So that was definitely a lot of fun. Uh, I was. 10,000 people there, you know, and they, they bring it every single time. Uh, and then, yeah, playing in Iowa and uh, against the Barnstormers, looking up and seeing Kurt Warner's banner there is, is a really cool, a really cool deal uh, because he's kind of the guy everybody looks to, the guy everybody knows about when it comes to, you know, arena football and the common, the common sports fan. So yeah, definitely, definitely some big franchises and hopefully some more, some more come on over and hopefully we can make a, a legendary one in Oakland too that people remember for, for a long time. Oh, absolutely. Although speaking of fields, what's up with, was it Sioux, was that Sioux City Storms field that was like gray? Sioux Falls, yeah. Sioux, Sioux Falls, Falls yeah, yeah. Gray field. Uh, that's the best turf I've ever played on. So that's yeah? one thing that you, you kind of learn as indoor players is turf is hit and miss. Uh, some turf is great, some turf is a little harder, cheaper whatever the thing is, but two falls is like a, it's like a cushy, like Tempur-Pedic mattress on <laughs> And I was, yeah, I love playing there. We played, I played in a three overtime. My last game in Green Bay was we went three overtime. And that was the loudest I've ever heard in an arena in my life. Uh, was, they probably had five or 6,000 people there, but it sounded like 40,000. It was, it was deafening. But aesthetically, it just looks so hard. It almost looks like a, like an eight bit video game when the red, all the red, the all red jerseys and then whatever the opponents is wearing. But with that yeah. gray field, it, it does look kind of weird. But, I, you know, if it, yeah. if it plays good, then by all means, keep it. Yeah, there's some crazy ones too. Nebraska, they're no longer in the league, but Nebraska had a black field. That was a pretty cool one to play on. Um, in the league, I just came from Massachusetts, had like a navy blue field. So I've been on some, I've seen some pretty, some pretty crazy turfs outstanding all right well we are going to go ahead and let you go uh just really thankful for the time that you spent talking to us and getting to know us but tell everybody uh out there there why they should be uh, excited for oakland panthers football and excited to watch you play um you know you should be more excited for the team than me uh, you know i'm just a part of the team it's more about the team than me always um we're you know we're going to bring, bring bring a community feel to it you know we're going to be in and around the community helping out uh, engaging with fans engaging with kids um, and then the game, you know, is action-packed and it's fun. Uh, we're going to work hard and we're going to look to be really successful in this first year. Um, expansion is not an excuse. You know, we want to come in and compete right away and compete for a championship. You know, if you're not, if you're not competing for that, then you're not, you know, you shouldn't be in the game. So, you know, it's going to be a lot of fun and we're going to be in and around the community and, and looking forward to getting to know everybody.
Brian Hicks. I still will say that uh, In and Out's better, but uh, we can argue with that when we see each other. <laughs> I'm gonna. It stinks because we have In and Out all around Texas, and Waterburger hasn't made its way up to California. So I know. I can't, I can, I'm gonna bring one with me. Yes, please do. I will be waiting for it because I, I haven't tasted <laughs> one in well over 20 years. So I think uh, I think I'm and overdue. Everybody, everybody tells me that. Everybody tells me that the In-N-Outs in California are better than the In-N-Outs here. So maybe I need to try that before I form a form a full opinion. All right, fine. I will bring you an In-N-Out burger the first time I can see, and then we'll we'll <laughs> go from there. How's that? Sounds good. Uh, Brian Hicks, the quarterback for the Oakland Panthers. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Yes, sir. Thank you. That's going to bring to an end another episode of the Indoor Cats podcast. Thank you for joining me and huge thank you to uh, quarterback Brian Hicks for joining us. I can't wait to meet that guy in person because I have to tell him and I have to show him and I have to feed him an In-N-Out burger from California to let him know that uh, it's far superior to Whataburger. I'm I'm salivating. I'm just thinking about In-N-Out. I think I'm going to go hit it now. Uh, it's like seven o'clock here at night, but it's never too late for an In-N-Out. Have you noticed how busy it always is, though? Always. Uh, anyways, <laughs> he got me thinking about In-N-Out. Just just thinking about the interview. Uh, but hey, remember. Tickets are now on sale. You hear this? They went on sale yesterday, December the 11th, but you can buy them right now. Go buy single games. Go buy uh, season tickets. Just go buy your tickets. Show your support for this team right now before it even starts to come together even more uh, by buying your season tickets and and go pick out your seats while you can pick out the good ones. Uh, I have a feeling they're going to go kind of fast. So if you don't hurry... Uh, you won't get the seat you want. And you want to make sure you do that. But anyways, go to the Oakland Panthers website, oakland-panthers.com to find out more about buying tickets. Uh, and, and until then, um, just uh, really, I, I don't know. <laughs> you buy them and then you sit and you wait like a kid in a candy store. I buy concert tickets way too early uh, just so I can sit there for the better part of six or seven months to anticipate the concert. Uh, but you don't have to wait that long. You only have to wait a couple more months uh, to, to get to the actual game. So, uh, all right. Anyways, enough about tickets. Actually, no. Buy tickets. <laughs> Just do it. Uh, all right. Again, thanks to all of you for listening. Uh, thanks to the Oakland Panthers organization for always coming through in a pinch. Uh, love those guys already. Can't wait to meet them in person. So, uh, all right. Until the end. Oh, until the end. <laughs> until next time. This is the end. Until next time. <laughs> we are the Panthers. Hear us roar. <laughs>